This is the Healthcare Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you information, education, and inspiration, only on MarketScale. No industry, including sick care, can be fixed from inside. For every one hour that they spend on patient care, they're spending up to two hours on EHR data entry. All right, welcome into the podcast today, everyone. I'm your host, Tyler Kern, and joining me is Lindsay Lord. She's the Vice President of Clinical Services for Cypher Health. Lindsay, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, Tyler. Excited to be here. Absolutely. I'm excited to get to have this conversation, and we're doing so uh, on the first day of Patient Experience Week, and I'm really excited to get a chance to talk about that because patient engagement is such an important thing um, that is taking place for healthcare providers across the country, and Patient Experience Week is really an opportunity to get to uh, celebrate those people who are uh, on the front lines of doing that. So uh, just kind of to start off, let's talk about why Patient Experience Week is such an important week for those in the world of healthcare. Patient Experience Week is important for a lot of reasons, but patients are more and more becoming consumers of their own health care, whereas 20, 30 years ago, you sort of went where a doctor told you to go and kind of followed those directions. I think now with Google and all sorts of search engines out there, patients are doing more research on their own. So it's important to engage patients and have them be part of their care and care about their experience with your healthcare system or your providers, because they're going to go other places if they're not happy with their experience. It's not kind of the way it was 30 years ago where you just had one option. Absolutely. And is this a week where um, good ideas and best practices are able to be shared around between uh, different people in the industry just to make sure that patients are receiving that top-notch healthcare? Definitely. I think there's always some collaboration and sharing of ideas, but when you know patient experience week or any of these kind of weeks that are celebrated um, oftentimes there's a lot of great speakers there's a lot of great research and content that gets pushed out and then it gets shared throughout the industry so definitely a lot of collaboration and kind of a think tank of a week absolutely and if there are people that deserve to be celebrated uh, I think healthcare providers are at near the top of that list, right? They're, they do such important work and work uh, tireless hours often uh, to make sure that patients receive uh, the quality of care that, they, uh, that they're looking for. And so it's, it's also good just to set aside some time just to recognize those efforts, right? Definitely. And I think that most providers are really skilled at medicine and caring for patients and doing this work. And it's really been a shift for them to have to be kind of patient experienced focused. You know, they didn't have customer service training in med school. And now they do have to be cognizant of how a patient receives their message. Do they understand the message? And aside from that being positive for the patient experience, it also links to better outcomes. I mean, happier patients tend to be healthier patients. I don't often see patients who say, gosh, I wish I was in the hospital every week. Um, they wanna be at home, they wanna be doing well. And that happens from a good experience. You have a good experience somewhere, you leave knowing what you need to do to stay on the path to recovery, to not have to come back to the hospital unnecessarily. So it's logical that they go hand in hand. Yeah, I, I, that sounds absolutely right to me. Now, you've been in the industry for 15 years, and you've kind of hit on it uh, a couple of different times, just in how the industry has changed because people can Google and read you know, reviews and that sort of thing now. Uh, in your 15 years of experience, just how have you seen the thoughts and attitudes inside the healthcare industry change towards patient engagement? I think that providers are seeing the importance of engaging patients longitudinally 
where, you know, when I was a new nurse and I worked at the bedside, um, I was really focused on that inpatient stay. And of course, I cared about my patients when they left the hospital, but it was sort of someone else's problem. Someone else was going to deal with that. They were going to help them when they left. And I think now that value-based care is becoming bigger and there's more alternative payment models and kind of this push from fee-for-service to fee-for-value, that it's becoming more and more important to ensure that patients understand what to do, help to guide them on the right path. Even an educated person trying to do the right thing, if they don't work in healthcare and understand the nomenclature and kind of the bizarre way that our health system often works, it's really hard to do the right thing without someone guiding you along the way. Yeah, that 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 sounds absolutely right to me. And and then just one of the things that I think strikes me is just how much technology has really come in and revolutionized a lot of the things we do, not just healthcare, but uh, I'm sure that it's been playing a major role over the last 15 years that you've been able to see just kind of a transformation. So how has technology really played a role in changing the way that patient engagement takes place nowadays? I mean, tremendously. When I was a new nurse, everything was still on paper. There was no EMR. There was no system beyond, you know, we entered lab work into a system. That was the only computer system I used when I was a new nurse. And seeing technology kind of, especially in the last 10 years, I'd say, come about so pronounced in healthcare has been amazing to see because healthcare tends to be really late adopters of technology. They sort of wait until it gets pushed on them. Um, Almost every week, someone at my company laughs when they see doctors in the hospital with pagers. And I say, well, pagers are the way they communicate. Like, that's how that's how doctors still work in a hospital. Um, but seeing kind of this evolution from EMRs to different interoperability, like health exchanges, being able to share information has really helped providers better engage. Previously, you know, maybe you faxed some papers to a physician after a patient was in the hospital and it was kind of paper shuffling back and forth. Now that it's electronic, it's a lot easier to share the information. A lot of the systems make that difficult and it sometimes is a challenge to kind of cross over between different IT systems, but the ability is there. And then on top of it, I think it's actually being able to scale your efforts where when everything's manual, you're kind of going through your stack of papers, so to speak, one at a time, where when you can digitalize that, you can triage a lot quicker. You know, technology can obviously on the back end look through large volumes of information and give you a query or an output a lot quicker than looking through stacks and stacks of paper. So it's been really exciting to see how technology has been leveraged. And working in healthcare IT has been really exciting for that reason. You know, it took providers a really long time to understand, accept, and really embrace technology. But now that they have, I think they're really hitting the ground running and seeing the potential of it and seeing how they can better utilize and scale resources and better help more patients. Because manually, you can only call so many patients a day. You can only see so many patients a day. There's just only so many hours in the day. But when you leverage technology and have some of that completed through, um, you know, some kind of a technology platform, you can really reach all of your patients, get such richer and more in-depth information so much quicker. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you mentioned earlier, and I thought this was a really good point, just that 
Um, care doesn't stop when the patient leaves the hospital anymore. That idea has kind of changed and shifted. Um, and technology obviously has to play a massive role in that. Uh, if you're going to uh, have some way of keeping in touch with patients even after they leave and have that care extend outside the doors of the hospital, I'm guessing technology has to play a large role in that as well. Absolutely. It's about sharing the right information and reinforcing the right information at the right time for patients. I mean, my clinical background's in cardiac surgery, and patients now have cardiac surgery on a Monday, and they're going home on Thursday or Friday. So think about that. I mean, someone's chest is literally sawed open. They've got tubes and wires and all sorts of things coming out of them, and then they're home in less than a week. Um, they probably had anesthesia, pain meds, everything else. Um, they're sitting in that bed thinking, I've got to go grocery shopping and I hope someone's taking care of my dog and all of these other real life things that happen, but they need to get home and focus on the important things getting better. But what's important to a patient real time and what's important long term for their recovery aren't always the same in that moment. So you need to leverage technology to continue that communication, to reinforce that education when a patient leaves the hospital. Patients used to stay in the hospital for much longer periods of time than they do now, and things happen really quickly in the hospital. Patients get a lot of instructions, a lot of education, and it's hard to really digest all of that on the spot when your mind is in a million different places and you're worried about your family and your pets and your job and everything else that comes up in day-to-day -day life. So being able to have technology to engage patients across the continuum, both to check in on them, make sure they're doing okay, reinforce those really important pieces of information to ensure that they stay on the path to recovery and continue to do well when they leave the hospital. Yeah, and what strikes me about that is just that if, if hospitals and healthcare providers are able to uh, follow up with patients in that way to make sure that they are healthy after they leave the hospital, then you probably prevent uh, the rate at which patients have to come back in and be readmitted, which then takes time all over again. So taking the little time on the front end of just checking up on patients to make sure that they are doing the right things and on the path to full health, you probably end up saving yourself time on the back end of having a lower rate of readmittance, I would guess. Absolutely. And that's you know economically powerful to a health system and to a hospital. But I bring it back to the patient that no patient wants to have surgery and a week later be sitting in an emergency department. They'd rather stay home and continue to recover and be doing well. And most patients would even say, I would have rather stayed an extra night in the hospital if I knew that's what I needed to not come back, You know, if they needed more education or more help before they left. Um, because once they leave, they just don't want to come back. And a lot of times it's really simple things. I always... My poor father is talked about in like every meeting I'm in because I always use him as the example. He's in his 70s, but he's healthy and he takes care of himself. He exercises every day, but he he's a biker and he rides his bike about 20 miles um, a few times a week. And he fell off his bike last summer and broke his collarbone. And he was in the hospital for one night and they changed his blood pressure medication. And they said, we're gonna increase your blood pressure medication. Here's a new prescription. And it was a new drug, but the same class, the same type of drug, the same things for his blood pressure. But previously, he had been on 10 milligrams, and the new pill was for 5 milligrams. So he called me and said, so should I take two of these? 
And I said, no, dad, it's a different drug. You know, you only take one pill. And this is a college educated man who's trying to do the right thing. And I've said to him, if you didn't have a nurse as a daughter, would you have taken two of those pills? Because it probably would have made you dizzy. You would have ended up back in the hospital. And he says he wouldn't have, but I don't know what he would have done. And it was a Friday night. He certainly wouldn't have wanted to bother his doctor on a Friday night. Um, he would have waited till Monday and called the office. But if he had had some type of touch point from his providers, he would have certainly said, yeah, I have a question about my medication. I'm not really sure. They said they were increasing it, but it's a lower dose. What should I do? Do I have the right prescription? And he would have had it straightened out. And those are the really kind of low-lying fruit that I tell providers about. Like those are the really easy things to prevent. That's a five-minute phone call explaining a medication. And then the patient's like right back on track for recovery. There are definitely harder things to tackle, more complex issues. There are unfortunately many patients in this country with really complex comorbid conditions. They're trying to juggle their diabetes and managing their diet. And then they have congestive heart failure and asthma and all of these other things on top of it. And then by the way, they needed knee replacement and now they're in the hospital and their body's under stress from surgery. And they're still trying to kind of balance all of these other things going on. And those oftentimes are even more complex. They're not as easy to solve, but being identified of them early enough gives a provider the opportunity to solve them in a way that's better for the patient and it's better for the health system. Absolutely. And I think one of the things that, that you've mentioned already is just the ability for um, for people in various healthcare forms to be able to share information a little more easily. And, and I think you've mentioned even just silos of information that everybody kind of compiles it a little bit differently and there are different formats for data. How can healthcare providers make sure that they're all operating from the same sets of information so they can um, maybe more easily standardize care across, uh, across different uh, doctors and different hospitals and that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, that's something that I think across healthcare has been a bit of an uphill battle. When meaningful use came out, providers wanted to meet meaningful use requirements and get an EMR and kind of get the right technology kind of back end for their practice or their health system. But with that, because each provider and each care setting is sort of inherently siloed, they all went to different vendors and you have the Epics and Cerners in the hospitals and they've bridged out to a lot of physician practices now, but initially physician practices, they didn't have the budget that hospitals have. So they were on these homegrown tools that it was electronic and it documented everything, but it didn't have the interoperability that's really needed to help patients to do better and help providers to help their patients the best they can. Um, and I think that's something that's getting better. I think there's different health information exchanges and other areas where, you know, folks within healthcare IT are really focusing on sharing information in standardized formats and in standardized ways so that every time a patient transitions from one care setting to another, it's really easy to grab that information. And I think that the silos have always existed because economically in a fee-for-service world, each type of provider is billing a little bit different. They're incentivized a little bit differently. But I think that kind of all needs to be knocked down on some level because they need to be sharing this information so that their patients can do better. 
Right, absolutely. And and just in sharing that information amongst one another, then they're better informed and then they're able to um, bring it back to, to engaging their patients, uh, w- which is what they want in the first place, right? Patients want to be engaged and want to be decision makers in their own uh, in their own healthcare, and so if uh, the healthcare providers are as informed as possible with that necessary information, then they're able to more effectively engage their patients, which I think is probably uh, one of the major end goals. I've never met a doctor who says I don't want to do what's right for my patient. Everyone has, you know, their own outlook, their own approach to caring for their patients. But I genuinely believe, and maybe I have a touch of Pollyanna in me. But I believe that people that get into healthcare do it because they want to help people. Um, but I think as healthcare has grown, even the silos that existed initially have really um, grown even greater because there's so many specialties within specialties. You know, 10 or 20 years ago, even you went to the hospital and your PCP from the community most likely came and saw you every day in the hospital. Now you go to the hospital and there are hospitalists that work in a hospital 24-7 and are really in tune to kind of the regulatory things and the fast pace of getting patients discharged promptly and getting everything set up. But your PCP in the community probably now primarily works out of their office in the community and they're there in their office to help their patients and they don't have to take time away to go to the hospital, but it kind of adds even another silo on top of the silos that already existed. So there's often times where a patient goes to their PCP and says, I've had some knee pain, and they send them to an orthopedist and they get a workup and determine that they need their knee replaced. They go to the hospital, there's a surgeon following them, there's a hospitalist following them. Maybe they go home and need some PT or even need to go to a rehab facility. And it could be three months before that patient actually goes back to their PCP. So even though that doctor knew my patient's going to have a knee replacement, this is what their problem is, this is what our kind of care plan is, a three-month kind of lag between seeing your doctor can be tremendous. And a lot can change for that patient. If they have comorbidities, did things flare up? What changed? And how are the PCPs being kept in the loop throughout that whole time? And I think that's really key because people have a lot of doctors, people have a cardiologist and they have an endocrinologist and all of these specialists, but it's your PCP who knows you. That's the person who you've gone to every year for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years sometimes. And that's who really knows your history and kind of your health patterns the best. So they need to be kept in the loop just as much as the patient does. Absolutely. So are there tools in place and are there uh, ways to keep PCPs um, in the loop, as you said, and and to make sure that they have all of the information from uh, what occurred when that person went to surgery and then went to physical therapy and that sort of thing? Are there tools in place to, to make sure that that can happen? There are different tools that will share some of that information. I think that's where health IT is really growing on how the best way to do that is. The tools at Cypher Health definitely support that because it's electronic. We can then send information to kind of any party that needs it. So once we get information from a patient, we can sort of make sure it ends up in the hands of the right people. And I think that's something that's becoming more and more popular kind of across healthcare. The need for that has just risen and become more prominent across the industry. Right. Now, I think that one of the, the challenges seems to be, I, I read uh, a piece that you wrote for Becker's Hospital Review where you, you kind of talked about the Goldilocks conundrum, which uh, to me sounded like ACOs get 
uh, so much data that they have a hard time uh, finding just the right amount and, and condensing it into uh, something that's easily digestible. Is that something that is posing a problem? And, and how, if so, how do you solve that? Totally. And it's a huge problem. And it's kind of the way that providers have tackled sharing information kind of up to, up to now is it's all or nothing. So it started out with next to nothing when I was at the bedside. You might copy pieces of the chart and send it maybe to a skilled nursing facility, um, photocopy different important things that you wanted to share. And even then, it was information overload. It's gotten even worse because now that there's EMRs, there's a lovely button, at least in Epic and in Cerner, where you can print the entire chart. So now a patient transfers to another provider And it's literally two inches thick of paper that was printed off from a chart that is just page after page. It's hard to even know kind of what goes where, how to find things. So it makes it really hard for providers to get the right information. I've had um, folks at skilled nursing facilities say, yeah, I'm sure the order for the patient's antibiotic is somewhere in this paper, but I can't even find it. And we just need to know what antibiotic to give the patient now because we knew that was their need coming to us. And when you think of things like medications, those are really important, but you wonder what else falls through the cracks. Like you have to figure out what meds a patient's on. That's kind of you know, a necessity of caring for them, but you wonder what else got lost. Did the information get lost that a patient lives alone and doesn't have any support during the day or that sometimes they get confused at night and they've fallen at home and you need to consider that with the discharge plan. You know, those are really important pieces of information that aren't as front and center because it's not kind of checking a box, so to speak, where you get admitted to a a new provider or a new care setting, the first thing they're going to do is review your meds, make sure you're on the right medications, make sure they have the right treatment plan for you. But there's so many other things that can impact a patient's care that really need to be brought to light with each transition and each handoff to a new provider. And there's not a really simple format to do that. Cypher Health has tried to digitalize different checklists and different types of patient interactions so that we can send those to providers. So it's really simple to say, this is when the last dose of a medication was taken. This is when their last appointment was with a provider. This is when they're due for their next one. And remind the patients of what to do if they're home, but also share that information back with providers. Well, Lindsay, thank you so much for the work that you guys do just in improving that, uh, that patient experience. And happy Patient Experience Week. And thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I think this was a really informative uh, look just at that patient engagement and uh, how it's going now, how it's changed, and where it's going in the future. Thanks so much. 